0: This week's episode is brought to you by the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo.
1: There is so much knowledge and evolution of that person you are as a parent during that time that it's really important to break it into different moments and think about at what stage you're thinking about something and making sure that we're there for what you're thinking about.
0: You're listening to Retail Remix your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. If you're a frequent Retail Remix listener, you know I love speaking with brand founders. There's something about hearing the real-life experiences of people who have a challenge or a pain point, and they're able to turn that into a new idea that completely changes the way we live, the way we shop, and even the way we learn and interact with the world around us. This week's episode kind of taps into that theme because I had the chance to sit down with Monica Royer, who is the founder and CEO of Monica and Andy. And they have been on this incredible growth journey with community at the center of it all. A community of parents, no less, who are always hunting for the best products, the best information, and the best. Forces to help them be the best parents that they can be. And Monica knows a thing or two about this. Of course, she founded the brand with these goals in mind. And she also had an incredible experience being an advisor to her brother, Andy Dunn, as he was... Founding and building the Bonobos business. So, we have a few different layers in this conversation, digging into her experience, her lessons helping her brother Andy, but also how she's been on this growth journey, not just individually but for the brand as well. So what is on the expansion roadmap plan? What have been some learnings in the journey? And how are they thinking about the customer and putting them at the center of all of it? It's truly a fascinating and enlightening discussion. And I truly enjoyed chatting with Monica. So with that, listen in. You are definitely gonna get a few pointed takeaways and lessons along the way as well. Monica, thank you so much for being on the show. I am so excited to have you on today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm thrilled and excited to dive
1: into the conversation.
0: Honestly, personally, I'm excited to have you on because I am a Monica and Andy customer. So really thrilled to dig into the backstory, all of the great work you guys are doing. So let's start at the beginning because I personally love the story behind why you started your business to begin with. And it's that you are frustrated by the clothing your newborn daughter was given in the hospital. And that kind of led you down this rabbit hole, right? Where you realized there was no positive customer experience for new moms, which I can totally relate to that. Um, <laughs> so I guess the big question for you is, how did you continue to build upon this initial pain point and realization as a customer to create the mission and vision for the brand that it is today? I
1: think I started in a very authentic place and that I had spent the previous decade in the pharmaceutical industry. There was nothing entrepreneurial about me. I never was voted the person that would start their own business. And there was not a single finance class that I had taken up until that point. The one thing that I did have sort of rolling into motherhood, and it was kind of the perfect storm, was that my brother had launched one of the earlier direct-to-consumer businesses. He had launched Bonobos in 07, and I had ended up being one of his biggest personal advisors. And so unbeknownst to me at the time, I had this front row seat to everything that would unfold in direct to consumer 1.0. And so it was kind of armed with like five years of that knowledge that I went into the hospital to have my daughter immediately began shopping online for my hospital bed after I had her, because I realized the minute that she was born that there were so many things that I wish I had brought to the hospital with me. And first I thought wish somebody had a list and told me what I could have brought to the hospital with me. And then two, I really wanted organic clothing for her. I'd lived a plant-based lifestyle for the previous 10 years to having her. And it was so hard for me to tell as I shopped organic online, was it going to be soft? What was the quality of the clothing? And so it was kind of the intersection of those two things. I had seen the special feeling that most customers had, where they felt like they were shopping something that felt, Special to them that they had a connection with. And I remember thinking parents deserve that same type of connection. And so that was the beginning from that hospital bed of like the first seed of Monica and Andy. And then I think the mission, the vision, everything that we built around it all came to me in the next three years because I didn't go back to work after my maternity leave. I decided it was kind of a now or never moment for me to do something different if I was going to do something different. And so as a mom living the day-to-day of being home with a newborn baby, it wasn't that I was like trying to think of what the brand could be. It was more just coming to me because I realized where all the holes were as I was just like living that experience myself.
0: Yeah. They always say the best founder stories. And honestly, I've seen this in having so many conversations with brand founders, brand leaders, is that the best brands really stem from true customer pain points and individual experiences, like where you have that firsthand experience and that you're feeling that pain yourself, right? So the fact that you actually went through that journey and you started to uncover the learnings and the opportunities along the way, I'm I'm sure was incredibly powerful. I do want to go back to your point around just seeing firsthand the experience that your brother went through starting his business with Novos, because... Obviously, you were kind of this bystander, this guide, this advisor for him, but then you went through it yourself. And I'm curious if there were any nuances or differences, you know, between being the outsider looking in versus going through it yourself as you started to go through that process of building the Monica and Andy brand and overall business? Like, what was that distinction like? I think
1: first and foremost, I realized after I started the business, and this is kind of like tongue in cheek, that I really had no one to blame but myself for what a difficult road having a business <laughs> was. Like, I think at least my brother can say when he started as a family, we didn't know at that point, nobody had started a business. And so he sort of went into it not knowing. I went in knowing and did it anyway, because I had seen how thrilling but difficult the first five years of what he did was. And so I remember like feeling bad for my parents at times where I thought, you know, neither of us now has like a regular job. They're so incredibly supportive. We're bringing home all of this stress, but you kind of have to level set yourself every day and just say, Hey, like, this is the job that I asked for. So I need to learn to enjoy the stress and have fun with it and build within it instead of lamenting it. And I think that was like kind of a back and forth. I think Andy and I have both undergone over time. But I think the beautiful thing about starting Monica and Andy's journey, like more than midway through the Bonobos journey was so much so that we had some of those early learnings and we could have some of the understanding of what was happening. And I think we brought a lot of those learnings in. For example, at the time that we actually launched Monica and Andy, guide shops and stores for Bonobos were running really strong. And so Andy had learned at that point that there were customer acquisition tools and a great way to bring your community together. And so when we launched Monica and Andy in July of 2014, we did it with our office in the back of our storefront in Lincoln Park. We got a chance to meet our customer because of that. Every single day, we honed the product over the next few years as we got to see people actually using it in person. And there was like little nuggets like that all along the way of things that had either gone right or wrong at Bonobos that we really tried to build and learn from at
0: Monica and Andy. And that's sort of the power of being a founder, right? You're able to take those learnings and find the best and sometimes fastest way to adapt and learn from them and turn them into new opportunities and thinking about the core of the brand mission and values and why it resonates so much with your core consumers I couldn't help but gravitate to the usage of the word thoughtful in your value proposition or mission statement. To expand upon that, you mentioned in your LinkedIn that Monica and Andy aspires to be the most thoughtful children's apparel brand on the market. And I'm curious like what that means to you individually as the founder, as the person behind the brand and basically how it's instilled and applied across the business. Because we hear terms like purposeful, values-driven, but thoughtful. I was like, huh, that's kind of interesting because that can be applied in a few different ways. So what does that mean to you?
1: Thoughtfulness for me, as I started to think about the brand, was as a new mom myself at the time, I realized there was places that you shopped for yourself. And there was like a connection that you had to some of those places. But maybe it was... Long term, and maybe it was short term. What I realized about having a baby is that everything that's tied to those, especially those early moments, whether you're having a baby through adoption, whether you're having a baby through surrogacy, or when you, whether you're having a baby through IVF, regular pregnancy, whatever it is, there's all of these moments along the way that feel so special. Like I can remember early on, like finding out one of the first ultrasounds. And I remember I was at Whole Foods and I bought like my very first baby thing. It was like a baby bottle that I wouldn't need for another seven months. And even mm-hmm. in that, it wasn't even the right bottle. Cause I didn't know what that was at the time, but it's like, you think about the way in which you memorialize like conversations that you have. Sometimes you remember what people said to you during that, the process of having a baby and those things never leave you. And so I thought This brand has to be thoughtful in the details that we think through from a product perspective and the way that we treat and approach our customers and the information and what we put out there. Because for me, it was so much about a lack of knowledge as much as it was product that I felt really driven to think, okay, if Monica and Andy is the first friend that you're meeting as a parent it is your first parenting friend how can we aspire to give you information but not do it in a way that says hey you have to do this or you have to do that how can we empower you with knowledge knowledge of products you know knowledge of different things that are happening to your body to your child to all sorts of different things that are happening during that time because we know it's such a special and sacred time and something that like you're always going to look back and remember and so we felt like we had an added responsibility as somebody that would come to you during this really important time in your life if you think about the journey to adulthood or to getting older or whatever life's journeys are the journey to parenthood in a best case scenario might be only 9 months And that's very little time to prepare you from one of life's most important jobs that you'll have is going to be. And so we really think about how can we be thoughtful in every aspect so that either you don't need to think about it because we already did, or we're helping to give you information that we feel might guide you in making a better and more informed decision for you and your family.
0: Yeah, that really hits for me because I know folks that listen to the show have maybe heard this on a few other conversations I've had is that. As a mom preparing for that journey, I remember just being so completely <laughs> overwhelmed. I'm st- honestly, I'm still <laughs> overwhelmed. My son is five, still overwhelmed, guys. Um, in the buildup, because you're so new to this, you're consuming all of this information, you're reading about what you should have, what should be in the hospital bag, what should be in the nursery when the baby comes home. And there are so many options layered on top of all of those things that you need, right? So it's almost this spiral of wanting to make the right decision, wanting to start on the right foot, feel prepared, but also just get the best and safest option for your child. So it kind of becomes this cycle, I guess, of consumption of information, but also consumption of product too. So you're helping narrow that and focus a lot through that thoughtfulness, which I think is really powerful. So I'm curious like, how that translates to actual brand trust and loyalty, right? Because everybody's thinking about customer loyalty, regardless of the category. But in this world where it's so intimate, it's so personal, I mean, how has that, I guess come to life in the form of your customer's loyalty and lifespan with the brand?
1: Yeah, we really think about Monica and Andy is this journey from pregnancy to preschool in a lot of ways. And we actually go up to the age of like 10. So people buy apparel with us well beyond. But I think one of the ways it's translated for us is that we see so many people that are expecting a baby, again, through so many different means of how you can expect a baby. But people end up finding us and they're coming to us from a product perspective from an information perspective and so Are I think ability from like a community perspective, I can remember this from the very early days. There was no such thing in 2014 as experiential retail. I hadn't heard the term, nobody talked about it. And yet I had a three-year-old at the time that I launched the business. And I remember thinking, oh my gosh, like she's gonna be with me for part of the day that I'm working. And there was a lot of other moms and parents that were by my side at that time as well, and still are, that were building the business along with me. And we all had kids at a very young age at that point. And so I thought, we need art and music and story time, and we need all of these classes and we need lactation consultants and we need all of these resources. And I want to build this physical space in which you're not afraid to walk in with your screaming child, or if there's a diaper blowout, or do we have a snack readily available if they need it? Because I remember being terrified to leave home with my two-year-old at times Mm -hmm. because I thought, oh my gosh, like, you know, what if... There's like an explosion of some sort, whether it be a diaper or a temper or whatever, a tantrum or whatever was happening at the time. And like, how can I go into these like beautiful, quiet spaces and actually shop? And so it was really there that we thought, let's build a space where like cookie crumbs and crying are welcome so that parents feel like they have that feeling of inclusivity and that they're kind of seen and heard as parents and feel comfortable. And so it was things like that, that we realized, wow, that really builds customer loyalty. A lot of the parents would be coming in or it might be the child with their nanny and they would be coming to like two or three classes a week. And like that really starts to build that loyalty with the customer. And so I think the ability to enter at a phase where we're not necessarily selling you products, like eventually that's like part of what the company is about is like we have we have products and people purchase those products. But I think that real feeling of community for brands that do it well today, and I'm really proud of the team at Monica and Andy much thanks to the team and not to me, to the great people that are here, has been about like, what can we offer that's like above and beyond just the product itself? And then, how can the product itself be exceptional? So I think the idea there is like, could it have like a rollover hand so that it could keep the baby's hand warm? What's the rollover feet so that you don't necessarily need to add a pair of socks? Is it a double zipper so that you can zip it up and down? It's not everything that like a new parent would know to think through necessarily, but how can we make sure in the experiences that we're offering, in the experts that we're putting in front of you, and in the product that we're placing on our website for you to see? How can we make sure that we vetted and thought through all of it. And I think that that seems to be what resonates and like brings loyalty from our community.
0: Yeah. You know, I'm glad you brought up the community because that's something that we've been seeing so much more, you know, across... Different brands and retailers are really emphasizing, okay, how do we bring these like-minded people, similar lifestyles, and, and really create a space for them, whether that be digitally or in person through events, through activations, or of course, you know, in stores. So it, it's interesting to hear how that's so innate in how you think about the customer experience. So, you know, one thing I did notice, you know, as a customer and, and going through, you know, that journey myself is that even as you go across all of these different categories, the age ranges, like you noted, it allows you to shop by moments, which I think is a very interesting and nuanced way to think about the online customer experience, because usually it's just by size, category, you know, sometimes trend, if you're thinking a little bit bigger, but it's really by moment. And I'm curious, like, How you've thought through those moments, especially as you consider the expansion or evolution of your product portfolio, because you guys, like you noted, you go far beyond just, you know, bringing baby home. So, I mean, how does that really translate into the customer journey and what that experience looks like online?
1: Definitely. I think if you think about, and I'm always considering the way that I shop as a woman for my own things and the way that I shop as a mom for my child. And so I think it's interesting to think about by the time you're having a child, generally speaking, you may have developed like your own style, like the brands that you like to shop for yourself, the things that you like to wear. And that's honed over a long period of time before you're having a baby. As you're thinking about buying for your baby, it's within that nine month time span that you may go from, again, in the best case scenario, not having a baby or an inclination about it to actually nine or 10 months later, having this like this human that is completely dependent on you. And so the evolution of you as a parent over that nine month period into the fourth trimester, you are learning so much that speaking to uh, an expectant parent were there maybe three months into pregnancy versus talking to somebody that's been home with their baby for three months in through the fourth trimester, there is so much knowledge and evolution of that person you are as a parent during that time, that it's really important to break it into different moments and think about at what stage you're thinking about something and making sure that we're there for what you're thinking about. So for example, as it comes to feeding a newborn baby, and obviously fed is best, whether it's formula, whether it's breastfeeding, there's so much information that you have that baby that you're researching and thinking about. And there's decisions that you're making. And by the time you're through your fourth trimester or you're six months in, you're onto solids and other things. Like that's not at the forefront of the conversation anymore. And that's just a single example, right? Then you're thinking about your baby's first tooth. You're coming to a point where you're thinking about maybe their trip to preschool, they're now four years old. And so breaking the journey into so many moments is so important as a brand for us because we wanna make sure that we're serving up what is relevant to the human that's on the other side, of whether it be that class, the computer screen, whatever it is that's happening. And they are so rapidly changing and growing themselves along with their baby that making sure that we're giving the right information at the right time is so driven by the moment that they're in.
0: Yeah, And I'm sure it helps add a level of context and insight for your team as well, like as you dig into consumer behaviors, like where the clicks are happening, like where the sales are happening, like really understanding where consumers heads at right now. And like, where are they at contextually in their lives? And that can inform other things to empower the community and help you dictate like, what type of resources should we provide? Like, is there opportunity for the services like you noted earlier, partnerships, which I think it, it kind of uncovers a new level of insight as you think about, Customer communities and nurturing those communities in the long term. So, I mean, how else are you thinking about building that community that we've kind of talked about? Uh, it's kind of the through line through our conversation especially as you think about the future of the brand and your expansion into new categories, you know, wholesale, which we'll get into in a second. But I'm curious, like how community is remaining like the epicenter of all of this, especially as you think about the omni-channel experience online, physical, social, et cetera. So much of the community
1: before COVID was driven physically. We actually had 14 pop-ups a, a single time, all of those which like naturally came to like the end of the pop-up journey for us. And so, so much of the early days of the brand and the business was like driven by physical retail. And it was interesting, really, it was before COVID even was like a glimmer that we thought about, okay, this physical retail is amazing. But let's make sure that we're as focused on the direct-to-consumer businesses as anything else. And as a small team, we just decided, okay, we're going to stay with like our long-term spaces where we have these great leases and these like really community-driven communities, if we will. We were in the heart of Lincoln Park in Chicago and the heart of the Upper West Side in New York. And let's really focus on, on the business of like growing online because physical retail is such a powerful medium, such an ability to sell product that we were selling so much of it there. It was hard to even have enough products to be selling it online. And so we thought about like how we could redirect. And then COVID came. And so it was fortuitous that we had kind of made that transition. And by the way, I think physical retail is as powerful of a medium today as it's ever been. So I think it's going to come back with like such a big energy. But that said... COVID really transitioned as so many people did. We went from having classes that had like maybe 25 to 50 people to these online virtual classes that had upwards of a thousand people that were attending. And so it was like, wow, this transformation, this unlock of being able to reach people in so many different areas. And obviously at the height of COVID, it was probably different than it is today. We all got a little zoomed out. We all got a little virtually, like it was a lot for everybody during that time. And then you come to today and there's this incredible balance. We've got in-person things that happen. We've got virtual events in which other people that aren't necessarily living in one of the cities that we have physical locations can attend. Our experts can reach people across the entire country with like their classes and their content. And so I think every year you sit down and you think about, okay, what are parents in 2023 experiencing? And we're already thinking about the next five to 20 years of parenthood. Like, what are some of the things we need to think about from a development standpoint? Obviously, we're not that far ahead in terms of like what our classes and experiences are going to be. But since COVID happened, every year is kind of like a reset. We meet them where they are, how we do that. But I think the unlock, just like we're able to talk virtually, or there's so many things that we would have done in person before COVID that we now do virtually, that has of our experts so much because we now just have an ability to reach so many more people in a way that I don't think people would have engaged as readily with prior to COVID.
0: Yeah, it definitely is interesting to discuss like how these platforms and these experiences still check the intimacy box, so to speak, like it feels personal, it's valuable for the customer, but then it allows you guys to achieve that level of reach and scale and You know, I could imagine it's a very powerful acquisition tool for folks that are just looking for this content or for this insight, right? And then you guys happen to be the helpful producers or creators of this content or these experiences. And it it creates that really organic, natural connection and ultimately helps you drive growth, which is fantastic. And I know, speaking of growth, you're building a great partnership with Walmart, which has been really exciting to see unfold and, and evolve. And I'm curious, you know, I guess more broadly before we get into, you know, the specifics of the Walmart partnership, like, how have you been thinking about retail expansion, wholesale? Because I feel like there's a really interesting conversation around how brands identify the right partners or establish guidelines for their partnerships to ensure that their brand integrity, I guess you could say, remains intact as they scale. So I'm curious, like, how have you been thinking about that? It's interesting because I feel
1: like during COVID, we thought about the opportunity to expand into wholesale. And we've had great partners, like on a smaller scale, we worked and it's really sad to see sort of the demise of Bye Bye Baby, but they were a great partner for us. And so leading into what would become our probably most cherished opportunity in wholesale, we'd had some experience as a team, but not to like massive scale. And then we actually got outreach from Walmart, which is really exciting. We're huge fans. My brother actually had worked at Walmart for some time, like ending there in 20, I think it was 2017. Don't quote me on the day. And so as a family, we had this incredible affinity for Walmart. And so we got outreach from one of the buyers there and we thought, oh my gosh, this is really exciting. We understood the power of what Walmart could do. And as a Walmart consumer myself, I, I actually lived right by a neighborhood Walmart. I was always in awe of their ability to bring organic brands in the grocery space. Mm -hmm. So whether it was Miyoko's cream cheese or Earth Balance or whatever it was, they had all of these like plant-based and organic brands. And I remember thinking like, wow, Walmart does this incredible job in grocery and organic. And so we learned that they were expanding from an organic apparel perspective. And would we be interested in being a part of that? And of course we were like, absolutely, yes. And I will say it's such a special journey. The Walmart team is really special in that they know their business so well. They know their customers so well. And so for us to be able to bring an organic first lifestyle with M&A by Monica and Andy, which is our brand at Walmart, at the everyday low prices of Walmart was incredibly exciting because it just meant that we were going to be able, as you said, like what was the physical retail expansion? We didn't really have one in mind as we were talking to Walmart, but the ability to be in 1200 Walmart stores and to meet people in person with our organic product was just like an opportunity that, felt like once in a lifetime to us. And the journey with Walmart and their team has really been so special and just feel so grateful to have had the opportunity to work with them.
0: No one can ignore the reach and influence of Walmart, both from just a innovation standpoint, like the investments that they've made in the past, but also their ability to reach consumers in so many different territories and their influence on so many levels. Are you ready to explore the evolved customer journey where content, community, and commerce converge? At the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo, you'll learn how brands and retailers are embracing new consumer insights, new technologies, and new destinations to create relevant and resonant experiences. Taking place on June 4th through the 6th at McCormick Place in Chicago, the Retail Innovation Conference and Expo will bring some of the brightest minds in the industry together for unique networking and learning opportunities, including keynote speaker, marketing expert, and author of for the culture Marcus Collins check out the show notes to register today so m a has been in market for a bit at this point so I'm curious like have there been any learnings that have been uncovered you know as far as consumer response consumer behaviors because I mean being in an environment such as Walmart versus your own, four walls of the brand, so to speak, online and through social is probably a bit different, right? So have there been any interesting learnings thus far or any new developments coming down the pike that we should go through? You know, I think
1: the Walmart opportunity is like kind of been the opportunity of a lifetime in the sense that they've got so many people that are shopping every day in Walmart. And so to Mm -hmm. be able to have product where you've already got mom and dad and grandma and everybody already there shopping for what Walmart has to offer has been really exciting. Because I think when you don't have like a big retail footprint, you don't know what the power of like that level of physical retail can be. And it's extremely exciting and it's powerful. And I think that for us, like one of the learnings has been that if you look, and I won't name names, but. There are some giants out there in the children's space that have been around for over a hundred years. And they're like the biggest apparel brands and everybody knows their name and kudos to them. Those are brands that we've looked up to that we said, hey, like you built a business and a brand that people love and cherish for over a hundred years. You're definitely doing something right without question. But I think what's really exciting about the evolution that we see is like, there's a new age of brands that are coming to market now across so many different facets. And consumers are shopping brands in a way that they never have before. And I'll give you an example where if you think about in the past, like if you think about, I don't know, 50 or 60 years ago, if you were a shoe brand, right, you were selling shoes. If you were a jacket brand, you were selling jackets. And now consumers have such an affinity for the brands that they love that maybe you're selling like, you know, a single category of product. But sometimes if you love a brand, you'll say, oh my gosh, I love buying all of my XYZ from this brand. And then they launch a new category and you're like, this is amazing. Now I'm excited to buy this new category. And so as I think about the future, what does the next hundred years of brands in the baby space look like? And I think that it's ripe for disruption and change. And so being able to come in and sort of honor the people that have been there before you, but to be able to actually work alongside and say, hey, we're adding a new brand to a place in which maybe there haven't been as many new brands before is really exciting for us because I think what the consumer deserves is innovation over time. And I think that we're excited to be part of that innovation, both at the MonicaNandy.com business, but also at Walmart. And we've got a team of humans. A lot of those humans are parents that are also behind Monica and Andy. And so again, going back to what you earlier said about our desire to be thoughtful, how can we bring a new level of thoughtfulness from within our brand and put that in new channels for us? And Walmart has given us sort of that energy and opportunity to be able to do that. And so I think the learning is we're excited for more of that. And as a small company and like a small team over time, delivering to that scale was something that we had to be really focused on to say, all right, there's other things that we have to say no to this year so that we can make sure that we're doing our consumers that are coming to monicanandy.com, that are coming to our stores that are open, and that are coming to Walmart. Like, let's get make sure that we're giving the best of the best for everything we're committed to. And so... You know, the opportunity to reach more people through these other folks like Walmart that, you know, as direct to consumer businesses, we say we do such a great job of curating for our customers. Well, it turns out there's some big folks like Walmart that do a really good job of curating for their customers as well. And so being able to be part of these other big and storied brands and businesses has been very exciting for us.
0: Yeah. And I think there's something powerful about the, large legacy, quote unquote, players, you know, partnering with emerging and scaling brands, because it does really allow you to have so many varying perspectives, you know, around what the opportunities are, like how hard you can push to innovate, right? And it's that whole idea of cooperation and collaboration versus competition, right? Because that's where you kind of find the sweet spots and the adjacencies that both sides can really capitalize on. But You know, as far as what your priorities are now, I mean, we're recording this in October. Everybody's thinking about like the holiday rush, but of course, you know, 2024 priorities, investments are really top of mind now. And I know a lot of companies are emphasizing, the operational side, but also the productivity and and firm performance and profitability of the business? I mean, how are you thinking about balancing all of these things, right? Because on one side, Monica and Andy has this great partnership with Walmart. You're really investing in community and and creating an excellent customer experience, but then you really got to make sure everything under the hood is still sound and working well, right? So how are you prioritizing all of these things, juggling all these things, and what's really top of mind for you as we think about 2024? I think the term that comes to mind is this idea that the juggle is real. Yeah. And so
1: I think, (laughs) you know, kudos to everybody that has a business that's survived the last four years. I think there have been so many twists and turns with COVID, with supply chain, like some of the best friends that we had in, in the industry have sadly gone under I don't think it's been easy times for anybody at all during COVID. And I think especially people that have been running and managing business and the teams like with them every day. And I think we, even as you and I were catching up to begin with, it's like time has just absolutely flown since March of 2020 in a way that I just don't remember it being historically. And fortunately for us, it was probably at least a year before COVID that our board started talking to us about profitability. And I think what's really important, if you have a board, if you have advisors, you need folks that can see around the corner for you and see things coming that no one else can to prepare you for that. And so they prepare us for that like very early on and something that we were very focused on achieving. And so I feel fortunate through nothing I did different or better, but through getting great advice and following that advice as a team that positioned us in like a very healthy place for what was actually to come during COVID and after. And I would still say, it's not easy. Getting a new business like Walmart is something that you need to be able to to finance and to think through. And we've been very fortunate to have like great investors and advisors and, and partners in finance by our side that have like made things possible for us. So I won't say that that journey has been without complexity and certainly there's no more complex moment than it feels like the last few years it doesn't seem like it's going to be getting any less complex anytime soon. I mean this isn't like a great market to be fundraising. This isn't a great market for for many things that are happening, but I think thanks to a great board of advisors they helped to position us into a place that got us to understand the value of profitability and some of the things that would become really what everybody was talking about. But luckily, they were thinking about it before everybody was talking about it, which gave us a real head start on that journey.
0: Oh, that's great. That's great. And obviously, you've been on an, an incredible journey going through the growth and evolution of the Monica and Andy brand. And, you know, as I was doing my research, I noticed for a while there, you also had podcast hosts on your resume for your series, The Mentor Files. And I guess to close up, I mean, obviously, you have your own experiences, you have this great this great roster of conversations with fellow founders and entrepreneurs. So I would love for us to close out just as far as your learnings and, you know, your experiences, like if there's any closing advice, you know, knowing this climate that we're in now, knowing that, you know, a lot of founders and operators are going through very similar situations right now in terms of paving their path or establishing their path for the future. I mean, are are there any closing words of advice or encouragement that you would share just based on, again, your experience, but also the conversations that you've had with others? I think I would say first and foremost, know if you're going
1: through difficult times, and every, I think, business and team has over the last couple of years, you're definitely not alone. And I think taking it back to the beginning of the conversation, to the role that I played in the early days of Bonobos for Andy, I think everybody needs like a personal advisor that doesn't have any skin in the game that's really there for you. And that could be at whatever role you could be the founding CEO, you know, the COO, like the head of marketing, like whoever you are on a team. And especially if you're on that founding team, you know, having somebody that's just there for you and to help you make the right life decisions is so important because it really is such a marathon as opposed to a sprint, I think without question. And I think making sure that, you're able to get the right advice along the way is so important. And then I think secondarily taking care of yourself, your health, your physical health, your mental health. I think sometimes as moms and as parents, like we're stretched in so many different directions and having a business on top of that is, you know, only adds to like the chaos of the day. And so making sure that you have time as a human being to take care of yourself, I think is so important on that journey. I have an incredible mentor. His name is Bobby Asdani. He's on our board. He was one of our earliest investors. And he, a lot of times, likens his founding team to athletes. Now, very far from athletic, if you knew me. So not an actual physical athlete, but <laughs> this idea that like we're constantly training and treating ourselves in a way that sometimes I'll say, hey, I want to be able to do X, Y, and Z on the weekend, but you know, I got to kind of like, rest up a little bit for the week. I'm not going to be able to do that. And so sometimes giving yourself the idea that it's okay to not be able to be everything all at once is something that I've said, I'm okay with that. And there's going to be different times and stages in my life where there's things that I don't have right now that I'm going to have back. And maybe there'll be things that I do have right now that I won't have. And so for myself, making peace with that and being okay with it tells me every day that I am good enough, and I'm doing enough. And even if there's a million things that could be falling apart around me in the process, you know, just giving myself a little bit of that grace to just accept allows me to then hopefully be able to do that with my team. The energy gets high, the stress gets high when you have a direct consumer business like this, and constantly bringing myself and hopefully everybody around me down a little bit to kind of decompress and de-stress, even if there's pockets, I think is so important if you're going to
0: play the long game. I love that. Yeah, because I know for a lot of folks, the stress is real. Like you said, the juggle is real, regardless of where you are sitting in your organization. So I think those are some great tips, Monica. Thank you again so much for taking the time out for your transparency, for sharing so many ins and outs of you know building the business, where you guys are at now. It's truly really a fascinating story. So thank you again so much for taking the time. Well, thank you so much for having me. This was absolutely lovely. I really appreciate it. Oh, likewise. And to all of you, if you have any takeaways from this conversation, any follow-up questions for Monica, we're going to share this on socials. Of course, we would love to connect with you on LinkedIn, at Retail Touchpoints, our media brand site, or of course, we're on Twitter or X at our Touchpoints as well. So let's keep the conversation going. Let's keep sharing our lessons and what works for us as we navigate these crazy times that we're in. And of course, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode and the series as a whole. Leave us a rating or review on your preferred podcast player. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, and frankly, anywhere else. That's it for us for now, everyone. Thank you again so much for joining us. We will see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.